Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to Invoking Witchcraft, your friendly neighborhood witchcraft podcast. I am Jay Allen Cross, also known as at Oregon Woodwitch on Instagram, and I am here with Britton Boyd, also known as Archaic Honey on Instagram, and I am your fellow co-host. And we are going to be bringing you a very exciting episode today. It's kind of a follow-up for what we have been doing, um, kind of a little series here on protection from hexes and dangerous magic and things like that. So we're going to dive in a little more into that. We are going to hope that today's episode is a little accident-free and that Britain doesn't burn down her room on the other side. We had a small fire (laughs) last episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but I kept my calm. It was fine. I just like put out the fire while we were recording. I had a little candle burning next to my laptop and it like ended up being a double flamed candle and wax was going everywhere. Fire was everywhere. (laughs) Don't let anybody tell you that witchcraft is safe, right? Right. Witchcraft Witchcraft is dangerous. Very dangerous. So but you know, that's how we can tell that we are professionals. Over here, we can put out fires and still bring you a surprisingly smooth podcast. Right. Without you even knowing it. Without without it even coming in. And even Barry, our wonderful editor person, probably didn't even have to do anything about it. All I noticed was her suddenly get really big eyes and start smacking something in the corner. But you know what? We went straight through it. We did. We went through it. Uh, But what have you been doing lately? I hear that there's some in bulk preparation coming up. Yes, I ordered a bunch of beautiful new candles. I love being able to get new witchcraft supplies. I've been enjoying um, candles from Blue Corn Candle Company, and they do all 100% beeswax candles, and they are just amazing. And they accidentally sent me two boxes. I think they must have had a shipping error. So I got a bunch of I love of it when that happens. I know. <laughs> I felt bad because I was like, maybe I should return this. But it's like, I do a lot of shipping myself with my own business and stuff. And it's honestly, I'm just like, keep it. Yes. You know, if somebody gets a double order. So I kept it. It's so great when you get all the candles burning and the house just smells beautiful of beeswax. But yeah, getting ready for in bulk. I'm just like done with winter. I am not a winter person. And I am ready for those first signs of spring and to like invite spring back into my home and get the house cleaned up and just bring in some light and fire into the house. I think that will be wonderful. I I love talking with people who celebrate, you know, sort of these pagan holidays, like, you know, in bulk, Beltane, things like that. Me as someone who has for a long time been a Christian witch. I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but I'm so excited for you. <laughs> it's like when people are like, I'm doing Kwanzaa. And I'm like, you do that Kwanzaa. I don't know what that is, but you get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very supportive. Yeah. So in bulk is the, is the return of the sun. I don't remember. It is when the, we notice that the sun has grown more. So the return of the sun is around Yule. That's winter solstice. Ah, And then it's marking the increase of light and is kind of like the beginning celebration of the stirrings of spring. Oh, I love that. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah. So if you go outside right now and take a look, yes, right now where I live, it's covered in snow. But if you take a look at the trees, you can notice that their little buds are starting to emerge. So If you want a good altar decoration, like there's no flowers out right now. (laughs) And it always kind of boggles. Like, I think it just depends on your location. But at least here, like I'm not going to be putting flowers on my altar, but I am going to be putting sprigs and twigs of like alder, birch and poplar Mm. because there are these beautiful spring plants and trees that are starting to bud. I love that. Around here, we're we're kind of playing a cruel joke on our local flower population because we have second winter. So we have first winter, which is just kind of like sort of cold, sort of rainy. But winter doesn't really hit around here until 
late January, early February. So we've been having like these beautiful spring flowers start to show up already, like snowdrops and things like that are already coming through, which is absolutely gorgeous. And yesterday we had our first, our first of probably several snows and it suddenly got very cold here over the last few days. So they're probably like, bro, what the hell? Right? Poor little flowers. Uh, but they'll be okay, I hope. But uh, I, okay. when I first saw them coming up, I'm like, you are in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. So what's new in your world? You know, not much. I am getting ready for a shop update. I am also getting ready for the book release, which is happening in May. If this episode may be coming out around the time that my book comes out May 1st, so definitely be sure to purchase a copy of American Brujeria. Other than that, not much. I did have an interesting, if not startling, conversation with somebody on Instagram the other day who is an evolutionary psychologist, I believe is what they called it. Turns out that based off of, you know, cranial facial bone structure, you can tell a lot. And what I was able to find out from my short conversation from them was um, all the men I find attractive are um, highly likely to also murder me. So that explains (gasps) a lot. What? (laughs) Yeah, apparently there's like a certain sort of, you know, bone structure types, you know, the very sort of, you know, masculine high testosterone markers or whatever that we see. Apparently that means that they are a, a lot more likely to to murder me. But, you know, if that's how I go, that's how I go. Just Level kill some, ya. Some very large hot man. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So for this week here, we're going to be bringing you a very special episode where we're going to be talking about hex breaking. We're going to be talking about kind of how to identify if you have a hex and some of the things that you can do once you've realized that you are hex to alleviate that or fix it if possible. We do have a few listener questions that might be nice to kind of touch on before we get started. One of the main things that we got asked from our Instagram page about hexes Uh, revolved a lot around how to detect if you've had a hex. And that's an interesting word to use uh, around this topic, because a lot of times people think that they're going to have to really dig and really sleuth to find, you know, if there is a hex in there somewhere. When in reality, if there is a hex in there, you will know, you will, you will be the first one to know rather quickly. There will be no kind of detection necessary, but there are a few things that you're going to want to look for that's going to give you a good idea if something is up. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is going to be uh, the sudden death of houseplants. That's going to be one that we run into pretty quickly early on. Yes. And make sure it wasn't at your own fault, like sudden death. We're talking like, oh, my plant was doing just fine. And then you take a look the next day and your plant is like withering and dying. Just black and crusty, right? And not because Mm -hmm. you went on vacation for a week and didn't water them, right? Right. Um, We always have to take those into consideration. So Mm -hmm. whenever you're like, you know, I'm not sure if something is going on, that's going to be the first place for you to look at. Um, And we're going to go through actually a few of these a little later on in the episode so you can get a better idea about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one question that I know a lot of folks do ask, and I've been curious about myself is like, how common is hexing even? And honestly, I, there's always for a long time been this party line that everyone has maintained that hexing is very, very rare. And those people who know how to hex are too spiritually evolved to actually do it. And there's so much wrong with that because number one, we are no longer in that world. This is no longer the nineties where everyone is Wiccan and everyone believes in the rule of three. Um, We're in a day and age where this information about how to hex is not only readily available, I see it shared in memes on social media. That's how readily available this information is. So the days of, oh, hexing is super, super rare. It will never happen to you uh, is long gone. In fact, we haven't lived in that world for a while now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's something that we need to take into consideration. We also need to take into consideration too, that the, this idea that, you know, hexing is rare and that, you know, those who know that information wouldn't use it is a very kind of white Wiccan Celtic sort of perspective on this whole Mm -hmm. thing. It's a very modern neo-pagan thing. 
those of us who are from cultures outside of that, you know, whether we're, you know, Mexican witches, African witches, Italian witches, you know, there's a a lot of different subsections of witchcraft and folk magic where that just does not hold up. And Mm -hmm. honestly has never held up in a lot of cultures, you know, throwing hexes, things like that is commonplace. It's just how we settle our disputes in regular life. Um, So it's, it's no longer true that hexing is rare. We, we now live in an era of hexing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it happens like that. It's not something you should be super paranoid about all of the time. It's really situational. So, you know, what increases your chances of being hexed? Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Um, because you're right. It is not something that is necessarily happening just willy nilly. If you're a person who just you know, and keeps to yourself is probably not much of an issue. However, if you mm-hmm. are, there are a few different things that I've come across or realized as common threads that connect people who have been hexed. And one of the things that's kind of at the top of the list for people getting hexed is when they try to leave a friend group. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's one that comes up a lot. When I have people in my DMs like, hey, something happened to me. I don't know what's going on. It turns out that they either tried to leave a coven or in my experience too, sometimes if you refuse to join a friend group, uh, it will happen. That's actually happens to me fairly frequently where people will message me asking me to join their coven. And when I turn them down, they immediately get super salty and on occasion will begin threatening me as well. Yeah which is messed up. (laughs) Yeah, that is messed up. And also I would think like when it comes to holding personal boundaries, like if you have some like, you know how we all just meet that one person who fixates on us and we're like, no, I I don't really want anything to do with you, but I'll be kind. And you Mm -hmm. hold a firm boundary with them. That's this instance where you may receive a hex. Um, I've had that happen where somebody just kind of like messed with me a little bit. And I was like, "Mm, no, this is what we call holding boundaries. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's weird because you do find very strange personality types in this work. And that's also one of the reasons why I'm fairly pro gatekeeping is because there are certain personality types where, because again, we have to remember the witchcraft is dangerous. You can do things like really harm other people with witchcraft And so there's a lot of these very intense, very dangerous personality types um, that really flock to witchcraft. And that's when it gets really scary. We all have met somebody or know somebody where we're like, you know what, that's a person that I feel like shouldn't own a gun. And that's Mm -hmm. the same kind of thing when it comes to witchcraft. You know, this stuff can be very dangerous. And yeah, they will completely fixate on you. And then we've all kind of had that happen at one point or another, especially those of us who are public witches. Right. Yeah, I think so. That does happen. And it gets weird. It's very weird. Yeah. So another area would be competition in business, romance or territory. This is the area that I have experienced the most kind of like uh, disturbances Mm. in the force, if you will. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. One time, not that long ago, it was it was a couple years ago. um, This woman started following me on Instagram. And, you know, my, my Instagram handle is, you know, Oregon Woodwitch. And, and, and her Instagram handle, I can't remember what it was at first, but shortly after she started following me, I noticed that she changed her handle to the official witch of Oregon. That's a big title to hold. Right? And I'm like, okay, like you do that. You can be the official witch of Oregon. That's totally fine. And then I noticed... A disturbance in the force. Something wasn't wrong. Suddenly you're like, or something was wrong. And you just suddenly pick it up. Just suddenly shit don't feel right. And that's when I started having nightmares, which we're going to talk about. And then I went to her account and her entire account was dedicated to hating on another public witch. Whoa. Because apparently... She ordered something from them. It was defective. I'm not exactly sure what happened. It sounded very minor. And she Mm. had dedicated her entire Instagram page Mm. to hating on this person. And I'm like, okay, so you crazy. That's what's happening, right? (laughs) So she started sending nasty stuff my way because I think just simply my presence as an Oregonian was encroaching on territory. So whether right. it's business, territory, 
things like that is is very very much going to get you in the hex zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about romance? That's a super touchy area. That is the number one area. That is above all of them. I swear to God, I I will say probably about. 80% of the hexes that I see are romance related. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a jealous ex or something yep. like that. Yeah. A jealous ex or um, a lot of the times too, it's, it's young people. Um, so I work a lot with the, the Mexican community where again, uh, in our communities, things like spiritual warfare are very present. And so I get a lot of messages from people who aren't very old, like in their early twenties, like, yeah, I broke up with this guy because he was terrible and we weren't really doing well. So I decided to break it off with him, which is very reasonable, mm-hmm. but his aunt is a bruja or something. So one of the uh, interviews I did for my book was, was with a girl who had that same thing happen where she's like, you know what? Like I just broke up with him. It was just time, you know, we needed to see other people, but his aunt was a bruja and she's like, I shit you not in less than a week. I flipped my car four times. Oh my Lord. And I'm like, that is how, you know, (laughs) she's like, she's like, and it was weird. We were on flat road. And suddenly Mm -hmm. my car just flips Mm -hmm. four times. And Mm -hmm. she's like, we were all okay, thank God. But yeah, it's either, you know, you broke up with somebody or you like somebody that somebody else likes. And in my culture, we have something called amares, which are very dominating love spells. So it's not uncommon for me to have people message me like, my husband and I, we've been in love, deeply in love for 20 you know, years now, we have three children that he deeply, deeply loves. And he woke up one morning, told me that he didn't know why, but he didn't love me anymore and that he needed to leave me and be with this other woman. And within a week has gone and moved in with them just from absolutely nothing to moving in with them. Mm -hmm. These things do exist and it can be very scary. Mm -hmm. So yeah, romance will be one of your number ones. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've also dealt um, going into like territorial disputes Um, back in the day when I was pre-COVID many years ago when um, I was like reaching out into the witchcraft community and going to meetup groups and things like that. I did encounter someone who really didn't like my presence and they they did the whole like frenemy thing. They like, you know, intense personality, tried to get to know me. I set boundaries and didn't really want them in my life. And, you know, they got either jealous or upset and threw a little shade my way. And like, that's another area in place that that kind of stuff can happen. Mm, Absolutely. And it's weird how it will sort of follow that pattern, almost like they really want to be your friend or they they want to have access to you really intensely. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you're like, how about we don't, then it becomes very vicious very quickly. Yes, um, they'll they'll flip it from being like, hey, you should be in my coven or hey, we should hang out and we should be, you know, best friends or whatever to suddenly I'm going to try and kill you with magic. Right. <laughs> I'm like, OK, so apparently you didn't like me that much to begin with. But yeah, mm-hmm. frenemies for sure will become. Yeah, that. frenemies are a thing, even like people you've known for years and years. It's like we all have had or have that one friend who just doesn't really support us mm-hmm. is always naysaying and things like that. And that can be, and maybe it's unintentional on their part. Um, but that can be a place where we experience interference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, I'm not having flashbacks. <laughs> I know. Same. I need to cleanse my house when we're done with this. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then another area of importance that increase your chances of being hexed is being a public figure. Yes, absolutely. Those of us who are kind of out there doing this work, we will irritate people's spirits just by being us out in the world. Yep, just existing. Yep, just existing. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good conversation with a fellow author um, who told me, she was like, you know, when your book comes out, things are going to get very weird. She's like, people are going to decide that they don't like you for no reason. People who were your friends are going to turn on you. Um, And it has happened. 
it has wow. happened and it's been That's very jarring to see it happen but yeah being a public figure being out there um mm-hmm. will definitely definitely um and i think it's really important not to leave out the equation of social media because somebody does have instant access to your face if mm-hmm. you put your face on social media your content. And that can be an access point for receiving. um, I don't want to use the word negative energy, but yeah, hex or a jinx or just shade. Mm. That is an area to think about. Completely. Absolutely. Because you're right. There's all of our info is very easily accessible out there. Um, Mm. So getting, you know, things like pictures of us and stuff that used to be hard to do really is not anymore. Um, You can print off someone's profile picture or whatever it is. and do that. But you do bring up a good point as far as, you know, where you're talking about, you know, whatever it is, where there's like a hex, a jinx, you know, whatever those are. Um, so vocabulary, I think, is really, really important on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we talk about things, usually the one that comes up the most is something like a hex or a curse, but there is a bit of a hierarchy to these things. So kind of on your lowest level, you have something like a jinx, which is uh, it's meant to cause an inconvenience, mostly. Um, a jinx would be something like, you know, tripping over your shoes in public, or um, it, it can also be done unintentionally. So something like the evil eye um, is mm-hmm. generally thought of as a jinx, something that's going to not necessarily really mess you up, but something that's going to um, cause a bit of a hiccup for you. Right. I feel this also falls into the frenemy category. Mm-hmm. Like to me, this is the kind of stuff that frenemies throw at you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that sort of like that weird jealous energy that's going to just get in your way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I'm I'm not a big fan of hexing or cursing. It just feels icky to me. I do love a good jinx, though, because those are funny. I don't feel like I've harmed them um, in any way, but also I feel like I got, you know, tiny petty revenge. Uh, mm-hmm. So I feel like people should really look more into the jinxing category. I see way too much online of someone being like, oh yeah, someone said that, you know, they weren't my biggest fan. So I made sure to like try to kill them and their entire family with magic. And I'm like, well, how about we just kind of scale this back a little bit? Right. <laughs> Let's yeah, just go for a jinx. <laughs> and, yeah. And like throwing hexes or curses, like it takes a lot of fucking work. It does. It really does. And like, it re- like really ask yourself, is this worth it? Is it worth it to deal with? There is, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. When you throw a hex or a curse, there are repercussions to that. Like you do not necessarily deal with blowback. But again, it's kind of like that disturbance in the force, like Mm. things get you need to clean yourself up after that and like make sure you cover all your bases and whatnot, Mm -hmm. because it can kind of create a bit of a disturbance in your own life. Yeah, because you are still handling that that negative energy, even though you're sending it to somebody else, it still gets all over you. So Mm -hmm. it can be really detrimental to be throwing too many hexes or curses or whatever. I'm like. I hope you have to really pee and then get the sneezes. Like, you know, like that's what I'm sending at you, right? I am sending at you just unfortunate paper cuts is what I'm sending to people. Lots of really bad farts. Yes, exactly. In public places. That's, that's the kind of crap I like to send people. Um, Just because you have to live with it after you do it. But anyway, Mm -hmm. we're getting off topic here. So then we have to go to our our next level after Jinx, which is going to be a hex, which is an intentionally directed um, kind of blast of negative energy. Mm -hmm. And that one, it's going to be somewhere in between kind of a Jinx and a curse. Because when you get up to a curse, a, a curse is going to be like an intentional attack that's really meant to harm somebody or maim them or cause illness. Um, You know, a curse is going to be next level. A curse is going to be so much heavier. It's going to affect a lot more things than something like a hex or a jinx would. Mm -hmm. And I notice with curses, it does tend to really affect your health. That's kind of one of the first areas that I notice um, in curse work is, yeah, it goes straight to your health and your finances and like your general sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And it does. It has like a really heavy, heavy weighted feeling to it. It makes me think of the nine of swords and the tarot. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. It very much feels like that, where it just kind of descends upon you and your home, and even sometimes people around you as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the last one that we have here on the list is is a crossed condition, or when some, or you know, getting crossed up, or um, you know, you talk about people needing and uncrossing work done. Um, essentially, what this is is this is something that we find kind of outside of the other three terms of like jinx, hex, and curse. Uh, a cross condition tends to mostly come from paths of folk magic like hoodoo. Uh, but a cross condition is slightly different in the from the others in the way that it's kind of meant to sort of tie someone up, to confuse them, to slow them down, to restrict them, kind of put obstacles in their way, things like that. So they feel like they're kind of, you know, tied up in some way or another. So it, it can be very... It's it's meant to sort of keep them occupied mm-hmm. while something else happens. So so you you may find that you have a cross condition. You may find that you have a jinx, but a cross condition is kind of like a jinx on steroids. Um, mm-hmm. It's very inconveniencing. It it can affect your health, your finances, um, your love life, things like that as well. You can have like a crossed love condition or you know things like that. Um, but that one stands out a little bit from the other ones. But for most intensive purposes, things like being crossed, being hexed, being cursed, or jinxed, uh, we tend to use these things interchangeably uh, because they're all kind of in the same basket. Uh, but there is a slight difference. Mm-hmm. I notice with cross conditions as well that that's something that we can put on ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So if you're making bad decisions in your life and you know they're bad decisions getting into a little bit of shadow work here, really think about the decision-making processes that you're doing and the actions that you're taking in your life around um, these cro- like cro- having cross conditions because it Absolutely. can build it can build up. And that's why regular cleansing and protection work and just mindfulness in general in your life can be really helpful. Yeah, just just keep your work clean, keep your nose clean, everything will be fine. But yeah, you can definitely, definitely cross yourself up on accident. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about signs of being hexed. I feel like this is the question that everybody has. Yep. How do you know if you have been hexed? Absolutely. And one of them we talked about earlier where it's like the sudden death of, of houseplants um, will be a big one. Um, or... Also, the sudden death of pets as well will happen, which is very unfortunate. But that's going to be kind of one of your first signs, especially when it's unexpected. There isn't a reasonable explanation for it. That's when you need to really be looking into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other area, too, is nightmares or dreams. Um, Dreams are where I usually get my first impression if there's something wrong going on. And that is usually comes to me through my ancestors. So having a good relationship with your ancestors is always something that we should be working on. But ancestors are looking out for us. They got our back. So they'll come to us in our dreams and let us know there's a disturbance in the force. Absolutely. And a lot of the times, too, it will be symbolic. So, for instance, um, something that's very common for people who are being hexed or cursed or whatever um, especially if they have protections put in place, um, they will have dreams that someone is trying to break into their home. Yep. And then you can kind of gauge based off of that dream if they were successful. You know, were they just kind of prowling around the outside of your home, but they were unable to get in? Or did they actually get into your home uh, right. in the dream? So that's going to give you information. Did they get past your defenses or are they just testing them? Um, these are things that you can pick up from your dreams. You can also pick up to who it might be as well. Um, I have been given very direct information about people before, um, but a lot of the times it's symbolic. Mm-hmm. So they'll give something away in the dream, like, oh, they'll be um, married to one of my friends. And even if it's not specifically the person whose face I'm seeing in the dream, that relationship is still correct, if that makes sense. It does. That does make sense. And the other thing too, is like, if you have, you know how sometimes it's like we dream of a person, but we don't see them. Yes. We just haven't, we have a sense or we know that their presence is there. That's also something to pay attention to. So if you're just like having a dream, bad things are happening and you're like, it was this person, look into it. It very well could be. Yeah. 
Very much so. Yeah, that's really important, too, because like and it, you know, that'll give you clues, too. I've had people who were sending bad things to me. And in the dream, I went to where they lived and kind of was shown that area. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so who lives in that area? Or um, it'll give you weird little hints. So kind of pay attention to the details because the details are where are where you really get the good information. Like uh, one time there was a dream where a person, it, it wasn't the person I, I was seeing in the dream, but in the dream, for some reason, they were wearing like a very specific pair of glasses and I knew who those belonged to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So always pay attention to the details in the dream. Yeah. It's like detective work. You got to look for the clues. And sometimes they're not always obvious, but they're there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, of course, you'll always have the uh, sudden and unusual bad luck. Um, And that's I I get (laughs) I get people messaging me some days that are like, yeah, I um, I made cookies today and I burnt them. And then my friend decided not to come over. I'm totally cursed, right? And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> I'm talking like your cookies burn and then light your house on fire. Um, yeah. Like bigger. <laughs> Everyone has bad luck and occasionally you do just step in some bad luck and it follows you around for a while. But if it's a hex or it's a curse, um, it will often gain momentum and be really, really bad to the point where you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, where it's consecutive things happening to you, like one after another. That's something to look out for. Yeah. Some other ones, too, that you run into are, of course, like um, like ostracization from society or friend groups. Like if suddenly everybody just turns on you for no reason and you didn't do something super shitty, but suddenly everybody just turns their back on you. All of your allies suddenly seem to be disappearing. Um, things like that does happen. Um, sometimes people will feel out of step with time, like they're always yeah. late or they're always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. Um, unexplainable illness comes in, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to curses. Curses will really affect people's health. Um, mm-hmm. And one, too, that you've added here, the transportation, work or financial issues. I think that's yes. important. Yeah, I've always noticed that when there's a I'm just going to keep saying this when there's a disturbance in the force Mm -hmm. um, transportation, my ability to do work or financial issues will come up. And I've also seen that with other folks, if they're dealing with stuff like this, um, that their car breaks down just completely unexpectedly, or they have a series of car issues Mm -hmm. um, or things at work just aren't going very well. Or, you know, they have like a pesky boss who's like really laying the hammer down And then always I notice one of the first places for folks to get hit is financially. So unexpected bills, things like that, that that those things do come up. So those are areas to look at as well. For sure. And it's interesting that you bring up transportation too. I worked in, I'll just say I worked in an office a while ago and there were several witches who were working there and they all got into a squabble about the same boy who was just kind of a player in the office. And instead of being like, you know, why is this guy dating all of us? They decided to hate each other, which is like the worst thing to go. But let me tell you the number of people who suddenly had their breaks give out in like a month period was shocking. When the witch wars started up in the office. Oh yeah. People's breaks going out left and right. Nobody died. I think there was one wreck. Um, But no, it got real dicey there for a moment. Goodness. Yeah. So let's talk about diagnostics and trying to identify where it's coming from or if you are even hexed. It's really good to kind of, I want to use this analogy of a code reader on a car. So if you have a car and your check engine light comes on, disturbance in the force, there's something going on. And then what do you do next? You take it to a mechanic so that they can plug it in and read the codes and find out what part of your engine is having a malfunction. So we can do the same when we're feeling we may be experiencing a jinx or a hex or a curse. We can do a reading for ourselves to kind of pinpoint where it's coming from. Or you can even do like requested dream work where you specifically go to bed with a question and say, reveal this to me. That's Mm -hmm. a really good way to do it as well. 
And then if you cannot read for yourself, because I've experienced this where there was a disturbance and I couldn't read for myself. Like it was just like something really heavy. So I had a friend read for me and that was really helpful. So sometimes it's great to just have an outside, somebody who's not attached to it in a way to give you an outside perspective, or you can just hire somebody. Yeah. And if you are going to hire somebody, make sure to get a referral from somebody that you know, from somebody who is trusted, because this is kind of a desperate situation in which if you get the wrong reader, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, you're totally cursed. And for $8,000, I can take it off for you with this magical candle, which yeah, it, that's in my DMs all the time. People being like, I have a hex and I've already paid $20,000 to somebody else to take it off. And I'm like, first of all, never do that (laughs) ever. Um, So some people will just tell you that you're cursed in order to make money or upsell you on things. So so really know who you're getting a reading from, especially when it comes uh, to these types of situations. It's really important. Um, Yeah. And you bring up something really interesting about sometimes when, especially if you've been cursed or if it's really heavy, you will be unable to see it or divine it for yourself, uh, which can be very scary for people when it first happens. Um, So have plan B's in, you know, um, ready to go for that. I like what you're talking about doing the, 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 the dreaming, the intentional dreaming with a question, Mm because I think that's a good way to sort of, um, go underneath the curse to get information. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you are going to try and divine for yourself, I always recommend cleansing everything down, um, Mm -hmm. even like casting a circle to, to make sure you're not interfered with while you do it. That can help really clarify things um, as well. You can call on certain spirits to also help you see clearer through Mm it. Um, Or you can do some general kind of uncrossing work to help kind of get through that block but again feel free to reach out to a friend because sometimes too even if we're not you know if if someone doesn't actually have our eyes covered or whatever with a curse sometimes we're just full of anxiety at that point and therefore when we're looking at the cards or whatever it is that we're using everything looks like you know right out to get you (laughs) we're gonna worst case scenario and catastrophize everything yeah i want to go real quick back to the dreaming part and just share something really quick with folks if you do want to have a good clear dream get yourself a glass of water and set that by your bedside like if you have a nightside table if you're going to do intentional dreaming fill it up with water and then write a petition write your question down on a piece of paper fold that up put it underneath the glass of water and before you go to bed, take a sip of the water and and then pray that this dream be revealed to you and go to bed with the intention of receiving a dream to help clarify your answer. And that's a really good way to help filter your dream space. And sometimes what I'll do, I won't drink it, obviously, but I'll put a couple of drops of Florida water in the water as well. That's really helpful. I think that's great, too, because... I like how you're talking about, you know, placing the water there because that does set up a good filter too. So even if someone is messing with you, the kind of glass of water will sort of help to cleanse that out while you're receiving good information as well. So Mm -hmm. I I do think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And the water also attracts spirits and kind of gives them a focal point to mm -hmm. collect around, if that makes sense. Yeah, it gives them like a little bit of an anchor or because water is sort of like a like a lightning rod for them. So they can kind of sort of attach to it and hang out around it, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah, to do diagnostics, like you can use cards, bones, pendulums are really helpful too. just getting like a straight up yes or no answer can be super helpful. Yeah, yeah. The the yes or no can be so good because sometimes, you know, you, you draw a tarot card and, and tarot cards are very hard for the yes and no because you're like, you know, have I been cursed? And it's like four of swords. <laughs> and you're like, well, what the fuck does that mean in this context? Um, so something you can do too, like for like yes, no, maybe forms of divination is you can just get like a deck of playing cards. And... Uh, there's a Professor Porterfield book. His his book of playing cards had this, and I believe it's black is yes and red is no, and you deal out three cards. And so if it's like 
three black, then it's yes. And if it's three red, then it's no. And then if it's like a combination, then it's kind of like leaning one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you, a maybe. yeah, yeah. Like a, like a maybe yes or a maybe no. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you can do things like that. So if you have a yes, no, maybe form of divination, that can be a really helpful place to start. And then if you do get a yes, then you can use, um, you know, your bones or cards or whatever your preferred divination method is to, um, to ferret out the rest of the information that you need. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. And I like, I love using playing cards too. They're kind of overlooked in the realm of witchcraft and whatnot, but playing cards are really powerful. And it's funny, whenever I go to play cards with my friends, I can't help but try to read them. (laughs) <laughs> right like yeah ace of swords are not ace of swords ace of spades right. <laughs> things like that yeah okay so how the heck do we get rid of these hexes that is an excellent question um i think it depends on the severity and how soon it's caught. Because sometimes things that are left to sit, people can be in denial about these things for a really long time. And the longer they have to sit, then the harder they can be to remove a lot of the time. Um, but if it's something low level, if it's just like, you know, you got a little jinx, you got a little bit of a cross condition, you can normally take care of that with like, you know, spraying yourself down with some Florida water. Um, you know, you can kind of bathe yourself in some cleansing smoke um, from, you know, helpful plant allies, which we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, we can burn some of those and kind of, you know, get that smoke all over ourselves. And that will usually take off kind of your, your garden variety things that you got sort of by accident hanging out. Um, Is do you do you have a preferred one for just kind of general bad luck things or anything like that that you like to do? Well, daily, I do a lot of upkeep. Like I'm constantly doing housekeeping on myself and in my home. So I really enjoy using a sagebrush and that is not white sage, the popular white sage. I'm using sagebrush, which is a plant that grows here um, where I live and it's very aromatic. It's in the same family as mugwort. And I really love smoking myself with that every single morning. And, um, that, and I also use it as an oil, but red or cedar wood and juniper are two that I also really like trees. Very helpful. Absolutely. I love that. And I love that you bring up too, like kind of a sage alternative as well. Um, the one that my grandmother taught me how to use when I was a kid was uh, blue desert sage, Ooh. which is, is kind of, I, I believe pretty much the same thing they were talking about it's just kind of like a wild sage brush it's not like you know white sage it's not too fancy it's just something that kind of just hangs out um but really does get the job done and i feel like it's a little less harsh on the energy yes uh, which can be nice mm-hmm. um and then of course we have a whole sort of family of um kind of cleansing techniques that at least in my culture we call them baritas or or sweeps um, which is where you kind of rub yourself down with something, which can be like an egg that you rub yourself down with or a bundle of plants that you rub yourself down with. And we'll kind of go over those in a minute. One that I really like to use, though, is a black candle. Um, a lot of times people will use a white candle, but I find that black is much more absorbent. Mm-hmm. So if you take like a black candle and you start off at the top of your head and kind of like um, kind of sweep yourself downwards with it, you can pull it off of you. And then you can burn it. You can either um, dress the candle with like banishing oil to, you know, banish the hex. Or if you have like an uncrossing oil, you can use to kind of undo it or whatever. And then you burn the candle so that Mm -hmm. it goes away. That can be very, very helpful. I love that. That's really beautiful. I have never thought of doing that with a candle. What about reversal candles when it comes to like intentional hexing and whatnot? How do you feel about that? Um. I do think that there is a time and a place because there there's the moment where you decide if you're going to declare war or not. And once you've decided to engage, then it's on. So sometimes if it's, if it's something small or if it's something that I feel like wasn't intentional or whatever, I'm not going to reverse it back to them. Um, 
But if it's something where I'm like, you know what, this person is really coming at me or whatever, I feel like we all have a right to defend ourselves. A lot of people don't like reversals because they they misconceive that a reversal is the same thing as creating your own curse and sending it back to them, which is I'm I'm just no, it's their curse. They're the one that created it. I'm just letting them have it back. Mm-hmm. And if somebody, oh God, I cannot remember his name. Um, he's really famous in the Santeria community, but he has this quote that's like, if you throw a ball at me and I catch it in the air and I throw it back at you and I break your face, don't blame me. Right. I'm the better pitcher, but it was your ball. Oh, I love and, um, that. And that's kind of my philosophy on it. So if, if I have to, I, I will do a reversal. Um, but when it comes to the, re- the reversal candles themselves, um, if you know how to properly use them, they can be very helpful. A lot of people don't know that you're supposed to butt them. So a lot of them will be two colored. So your, your reversal candles are your, your double action candles, which are like one color on top and then black on the bottom. They'll usually be like white, green, or red. But what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to cut the top off flip them upside down and then carve a new top out of the bottom, out of the black end mm-hmm. in order to flip it upside down mm-hmm. and burn the candle upside down. A lot of people don't know you're supposed to do that. Um, yeah. And that's also how you can separate your people on Instagram who know what they're doing. Uh, but uh, I saw someone advertising um, reversing candle spells and they weren't butting the end of the candle. And they were so adamant that they were doing it right. And I was just like, please just butt the candle. That's all yeah. you have to do. It's going to be helpful. Now, though, when it comes to the, the reversal candle magic, um, if I've butted the candle, I don't place it on the mirror. Because for me, then that's just flipping it back again. Okay, interesting, because I was about to mention the mirror. Fascinating. Yeah. But a lot of people do use the mirror in it. And very effectively use it. For me, though, it just doesn't make sense. And so when you do your magic, it always has to kind of make sense to you. Um, right. But it, that is something that a lot of people do use very effectively. Just for me and my brain, I'm like, I know that doesn't sound right to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that you touched on was egg cleansings. And I love egg cleansings. When many, many, many years ago, I experienced a territorial witch and they were messing mm-hmm. with me. I was in conversation with someone on Twitter. Gosh, this was so long ago. And they gave me a spell because I shared a dream with them and I trusted them as well to receive this information. They weren't just like a rando person and whatnot. And what they had me do was rub myself down with an egg and then take the egg and wrap it in a corn husk and then write the name of the person who I knew was doing the work on the egg and then sprinkling in some maize or uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Corn. Cornmeal. Thank you. Sprinkle in some cornmeal, tie it up with black thread, and then take it to a graveyard and stick it in the largest tree in the graveyard. Ooh, I like that. Yes. And let me tell you what, that worked instantly. It was a great little spell. Oh, that's excellent. Yes. Um, and sharing those things like that on this podcast is so helpful because, you know, someone somewhere is just going, thank God you just fixed my life. Um, yes. Help. Is so good. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent spell, actually. Um, does does it also reverse back to them by putting it in the graveyard or are you just killing the spell? I think you're just killing it. Yeah. I'm not I wasn't 100% sure in this I did this work like 8 years ago. It was so long ago. I can't remember the exact details and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it removed it pretty well, so it it was a, it's a helpful one and very easy to do. Mm. Yes, I like that. I like that. Yes, egg cleansings are, are very easy to do. It's something that we all pretty much have access to around us. It's not complicated. You just simply just take the egg and just pull off all the negativity through it because it's it's such it's such a good vessel for that because you know the energy kind of you know um, senses life in it and that's what it's supposed to attach to and so it just kind of helps to pull it off and put it into something else as well. And then if you know how to read them too, when you crack them open, you can get information yeah. on it. 
I was just about to ask you, what's your favorite method of disposal after you do an egg cleansing? Um, I just throw it right in the trash. Really? A lot of the time. I, if, if I'm just doing just basic stuff or I'm not really concerned that something is going on so much, then I, I will just kind of toss it. But if I'm like something weird is up, I don't know what's going on. Or if I'm working with something that I need more information on, then I will crack it open and look at it um, and see what I can get. But the the hard part is, is that around here, we, we get farm fresh eggs pretty much all the time. And when you get like farm fresh eggs versus like the very sterile, like grocery store white ones, you're likely just to on any given day, honestly, over here for most days, you got specs or something in it. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I find them to be fairly unreliable in that regard. Mm-hmm. But like if, if I do crack one open and it's like full of blood or like really dark or something, then I'm like, OK, that's unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then and then I'll be concerned about it. But I will normally um, use alternate methods of kind of s- s- sleuthing out what exactly is happening there. Right, right. I'm a crossroads disposal. I don't even care. Yeah. Get in my car, drive to a crossroads and just like chuck it out the window. I don't like how, like if I do an egg, egg cleansing, I don't like to keep it in my home for very long. No. I, wanna, I just kind of want to get it out mm-hmm. of the house. So yeah, yeah I would just throw it in the trash and then take the trash out. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On trash day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the last sort of methods that I want to touch on here that will kind of bring us into our next section here is, is doing a bath. Yes. And I find that the baths are really helpful, especially when you're working with something that's really heavy or it's really deep and you need to just completely reset a situation. I find that going for the bath um, is going to be the best way, especially for something that's really harsh. And sometimes you'll have to do a bath multiple times Depending on what it is you're working with, sometimes just one bath is fine. Sometimes you have to do them for like up to like nine, 12 days in a row. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that this is a really good way for anytime you have something that's big or deep or something that you just really, really need to tackle hard um, is when you head for the bath. Yes. Bathing is really wonderful. And another area I want to touch on real quick is home protection, which we already have talked about in a previous mm-hmm. episode. So if you're curious about home protection and warding and whatnot, go and uh, listen to that episode because that can double um, for protection, like doing like this removal work, but then you also have your home looking out for you. And that's really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the same plants that we use in the baths can be used in kind of like the sweeps we were talking about earlier. If you're not using an egg or a candle and you want to use like a bundle of plants or something like that, you can use those. The the two that I really like for the home, if, you know, if you have someone sending you nasty stuff and it's affecting your home versus, you know, affecting you personally, um, you can burn rue and agrimony together on a charcoal disc and smoke the home. And I would do that pretty much every day for several days in a row. Um, mm-hmm. Those two pair up very nicely together. They're very friendly with one another and they're very good at removing, um, not only like neutralizing, but also then sending away all kinds of bad spells, hexes, curses, all mm-hmm. of it. Um, those are ones that are really helpful. And you can also make those into a liquid infusion and add them to a bath or pour themselves over you in a shower or whatever it is that you have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So rue and agrimony are going to be kind of your your top tier ones that you're going to be working with. Yes, agrimony is the plant for reversing and removing a hex. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. ones that have already been cast, because a lot of plants will protect you from ones that are coming to you. But agrimony is your helper when it's like, oh, it's already on you. I got this. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really helpful on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about plants to use with hex removal. Yeah, so one of the other big ones, too, that you're going to run across is going to be hyssop. Yes. Hyssop is one of our our biblical plants. It's very, very good at cleansing and purification, especially when it comes to this sort of negative work or the negative energy that you might come in contact with here. Um, It's not so great at doing the reversals the way that the agrimony is, but it will for sure take off all kinds of things from you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you played a hand in it. 
Yes. So if you have like cross conditions that you kind of brought about yourself, or if you were catty with a frenemy, hyssop is good to kind of cleanse away your own sin, mm-hmm. as it were, not to say that it like is sin, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like your own doing. Yeah. Um, if you played a hand in it. So hyssop is also good for that. Absolutely. Who else? You know what? I really love nettle for jinx breaking. Nettle is super powerful. Yes. And the other thing that I love about nettle for jinx breaking is that you can drink it as a tea. So if you're feeling like illness from a jinx or somebody's work on you, drinking an infusion of, I have two plants that I like to do this with, nettle and alder. Mm. Making a tea of these two can really help over a long period of time. It's like a gradual effect. Um, mm helps remove the jinx so you'll probably be doing other things in the jinx removal process but you can be drinking metal tea and also bathing in it as a way to help remove the uh jinx or hex and you can also combine it with other herbs too like sage um peach leaf comes to mind you can also drink angelica angelica is a strong uh strong flavor But, you know, make sure if you're brewing teas for jinx removal or hex removal, that they are ingestible. So do your research. (laughs) Don't start drinking gallons of rue. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yes. The the allies that we're talking about here are not necessarily meant to be ingested across the board. These are ones that are simply going to be working with. And of course, if you are going to be working with rue specifically, do not go anywhere near rue if you are pregnant, trying to become pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. that's the number one ru- uh, rule of working with rue is pregnant women do not touch it or go anywhere near it. Right. Nettle is really safe. It's edible. You can fry it up uh, in the springtime with greens and whatnot. And it's super tasty, beautiful, protective plant. And thinking about the spines mm. on the plant and the little needles that sting you, um, mm. thinking of that as like, you know, an indicator for protectiveness. Definitely. Absolutely. And I like too, they're talking about ingesting nettle as well, because nettle is so nourishing and strengthening for our bodies that if you're going through something like a hex or something, just having that extra nutrition, that extra boost is Mm -hmm. so helpful and kind of just keeping ourselves upright, you know, as Mm -hmm. we work through this. Another one that I wanted to add to that is burdock root. Burdock is very nutritive and very edible. Um, You can combine that with nettle as well. And that also, I believe... If I remember correctly, burdock is used in jinx removal. I think it is. It's been a while. It's not one I tend to use a lot. Sometimes, too, hexes can create um, a lot of heat, too, around people. And burdock is very cooling. So burdock is a cleansing, uncrossing, and protective herb. So you can use it for protection magic and to help purify. Oh, fabulous. Yes. So make it... That sounds like a super great tea. I mean... It wouldn't be like the most tasty tea on the planet, but nettle, burdock, and alder, alder leaf. Um, And just a word with alder, you don't want to drink alder leaves when they are fresh. You want to dry them first because they can have um, a slight nauseating effect. If you do it fresh, you need to let it dry. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Mm. Then we also have kind of a section of plants that are good for sort of individual types of cross conditions or hexes. So uh, lemon balm is very helpful if you have like a crossed or a hexed love condition. Um, Mm. If your romance is is hexed up or anything like that, uh, your love life is very unlucky. You can lean on lemon balm to help clear that up. Um, And lemon balm too will also help to um, open roads that have been blocked as well. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I and, love that. Yeah. And then you have things like cinquefoil or five finger grass, which will do the same thing if you have um, like a crossed up luck condition. Um, mm-hmm. They're very good at kind of breaking hexes that are, are luck based as well. Mm-hmm. And then restoring luck, especially like mm-hmm. luck with the hands. So if you're doing like work that requires dexterity and whatnot, um, cinquefoil is great. I love that plant so much. It grows everywhere out here. Ah, I am so jealous. I think I found it once out here and I was like so excited. But out here, I swear, 
every place you go is some sort of protected wildlife, something or other that you go to jail if you pick, if you pick a plant. Right. And I'm right. like, no. No. Rosemary. Rosemary. Love Rosemary. Rosemary is the queen. Mm-hmm. Right up there with Angelica. They're queen plants. And they will remove, protect, especially with nightmares. Rosemary is really great to burn around your bed area before you fall asleep. So if you are doing dream work and whatnot, and or if you are experiencing nightmares, another one to add to that is chamomile. Chamomile also helps protect dreams. Interesting. Yeah, they're really helpful if you're dealing with nightmares. But at the same time, um, maybe this is a, a weird take. If I am being hexed, I don't necessarily want to turn off the nightmares. Same. I want to have that that radio frequency on. So I'm mm-hmm. making sure to know what's going on. So you have like if you're a person who's really sensitive and you just can't handle the nightmares, support yourself. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a person who's like, let's go to war. Yeah, I'm like, I will fight you in a dream. <laughs> I will fight you. Uh, just a reminder, you're speaking to or listening to two Aries right now on this subject so we are going to bring out the claws we are we are we we will always punch back that's how we do it yes um so one of the kind of the heavy hitters that you're gonna want to only bring out if you absolutely have to is going to be a plant known as asafoetida which is popularly known as devil's dung for the reason that it is some stinky shit Mm -hmm. it is terrible it's yeah, really nasty. But you can burn it on like charcoal discs and smoke out your home. It will it this is what I like to call the hard reset of the home because it will chase out basically all spirits, especially the nasty ones will be chased out. Um it will also break all hexes, curses, things like that, but at the same time too if you have things like wards or protections on your home, those will also go away as well. It just sets everything back to neutral. It just completely strips everything. So be very mindful if you go that direction that you're going to have to then redo those things on the other side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Another couple of heavy hitters, if you're doing more um, like if you're trying to defend yourself and you're needing to like lay some boundaries and whatnot, I like to use black pepper or black mustard seed and you can use poppy as well. But um, what the black mustard seed and the poppy are going to do is they're going to confuse your enemies. So if I'm dealing with someone who's um, being intrusive, I like to sprinkle that around the perimeter of my home. Uh, That way, they're not like able to get in um, or they're confused by it. They're just like they they just hit this barrier of confusion and they're like, what? Yes, especially if you're dealing with people who are intrusive, whether they're neighbors or like weird old boyfriends, whatever it is. Yeah, I find that that the black mustard is an excellent job. Um, Oregano is also very good at keeping away people who are uh, considered meddlesome. Um, This can be people who are just in your business or people who are maybe like narcs and going to turn you in, things like that. So mixing up your black mustard seed with the oregano and then kind of sprinkling it around the home can be really helpful. I like that, you know. It's funny, I stepped outside this morning to take my dog for a walk and I have this one, it's, he's not my neighbor, but it's my neighbor's son, like their adult, like 50 year old son who occasionally lingers around the house and he like stood on the porch and like stared at me forever. And I, and he, I've had a bunch of other weird interactions with him. I'm like, all right. Time to lay down some extra protection because I do not want your vibes anywhere near me. No. Yep. Yep. Shut it down. Shut no, it thank down. You. And also just good old fashioned salt. Oh, yeah. Salt will always, always be your friend in this work. Yep. Absolutely. Who else? Um, I love that you added to this list too. Um, St. John's Wort. Mm-hmm. Um, against witchcraft. Yeah, and a lot of times people don't know that St. John's Wort has another name, a folk name that is Chase the Devil. Really? Yes. So I, I, I love to use that one for getting rid of all kinds of stuff. If, if I'm trying to get rid of something nasty in the home, you know, you can burn it or you can use it as a sweep for a person, um, which is really nice. Beautiful. And also mint. Um, mint is another one that I like for protection work. It's 
I find it's fairly gentle mm-hmm. um, and I find it's more helpful for like upkeep stuff mm-hmm. rather than like defensives, like strong defensive magic we were talking about with like black pepper and black mustard seed and that, that kind of thing. But mint is also great. Another one you can add to your tea that you can drink um, to help with hex removal and whatnot. Mint, nettle, alder, and burdock. There you go. You have a tasty tea blend. Okay, yeah. yeah. And mint is so good too because, you know, those the the ones that have that type of scent to them, whether it's mint or rosemary or eucalyptus or, you know, any of these ones, the very kind of uplifting, they're very clarifying too. So if you do find yourself in a place where, you know, you are having trouble um, seeing through divination or things like that, those are very helpful allies to kind of bring in to help bring that clarity forth and kind of remove any of that darkness or anything else that might be keeping you, you know, blind to whatever is happening. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are a bunch of herbs that y'all can utilize as part of your like hex defense toolbox. Totally. Um, So we're just going to wrap this up with some things to consider here on the end here. Um, The first thing is just do your best to assess who sent the hex and how they did it. Um, You know, we were talking earlier about getting readings, things like that um, can be very helpful just because knowledge is always power. And if you don't know who it is or what they did, then you're kind of shooting in the dark at that point. But if you can get any sort of idea that will be very very helpful and oftentimes divination will reveal who it is Mm -hmm. um and also mundane things you know who's been in your house who's been in your uh bathroom especially or in your bedroom where they can get things that are yours you know do you did you realize that something was missing from your gym bag um things like that are important to notice it's very mundane things that uh will tell you a lot Yes, run those diagnostics and think of it as detective work. Absolutely. And then that info, too, will give you some more information because sometimes, depending on the severity of the curse, you may have to answer a call in order to get it broken. So if, for instance, they decided to use blood in the curse that is messing you up, then you may have to then use your own blood to undo the curse because blood has to answer blood. Um, so things like that need to be taken into consideration. And those are things that you can also find out through some forms of divination as well. Mm-hmm. All righty, everyone. We hope this clarifies uh, information around hex breaking and how to deal with it, how to diagnose and how to proceed. Yeah. So stay safe out there, everybody. Don't get hex, but if you do, you now know what to do. Amen. All righty, everyone. Have a good one. And remember, do witchcraft. Do all the witchcraft. All of it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.